KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Firefighters are battling a blaze in East County for the third day. Monday's effort focused on the Lions Road area east of Hamul. Several hundred firefighters from the San Diego region are working the fire with some backup from Orange County. They're being assisted by a DC-10 as well as 14 helicopters and eight air tankers. They were also aided by Red Cross volunteers at an evacuation center at Joan McQueen Middle School. Volunteers served hot meals and water to nearly 90 people escaping the fire. Danielle Beliveau is an Alpine resident who fled her home with her pets on Saturday. So I got my um, trailer out, got the dogs in the truck, got the almost forgot the cat, got the cat in, um, grabbed food, and then prayed that the horses would load because at this point the flames were right in my backyard and they were, I mean, they basically surrounded us. As you might have guessed, the pandemic is complicating such relief efforts. So the Red Cross partnered with local hotels and motels to provide shelter for evacuees. And it teamed up with the Humane Society to shelter pets and animals. The Valley Fire has burned more than 17,000 acres and destroyed at least 11 structures since it started Saturday afternoon. As of late Monday night, it's 3% contained. People who work to put on large-scale events like concerts and shows pushed empty gear cases from Waterfront Park to the San Diego Convention Center. They marched to raise awareness for the impact the pandemic has had on the events industry. Bans on mass gatherings have left over 200,000 San Diegans out of work, and there's no reopening in sight for now. Frank Chemi is the owner of Pacific Creative Productions. He says the event industry will look different in the future to ensure safety and sanitation. Well, obviously social distancing, obviously wash stations where you can get, you know, hand sanitizers or, or, or cleaning. This case march hopes to push for additional relief funding for the events industry and also for a roadmap to safely reopen events in the future. More cases of COVID-19 were reported at SDSU over the holiday weekend. County public health officials now say there are nearly 300 confirmed or probable cases since late August when fall classes started. A stay-at-home order is now in effect for students through Tuesday morning. Those who violate the order face disciplinary action. A month-long pause has been put in place for in-person classes as the university shifted all of their instruction to remote learning last week. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, September 8th. You're listening to San Diego News Matters from KPBS News, a daily morning news podcast powered by everyone in the KPBS newsroom. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad. 
including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Wildfire smoke is all over California, and doctors are warning everyone to stay inside, especially small children. The chemicals and tiny particles in the air could damage the lungs, immune systems, and brain development of children. CAP Radio's Sammy Kaola reports. Scientists don't have much research on children exposed to wildfire smoke because we've only had intense, prolonged fire seasons for a few years. But they think the effect might be similar to what happens when children are exposed to bad air pollution. Often their lungs don't fully develop, and some have chronic breathing issues later in life. There have been some studies showing that kids who were exposed to wildfire smoke had weakened immune responses 90 days later, and that the smoke is more toxic when the fire burns houses and buildings than if it just burns trees. Some scientists are looking at whether pregnant mothers who breathe in wildfire smoke can pass the chemicals onto their fetuses, and whether that will lead to neurological issues down the line. In Sacramento, I'm Sammy Kaola. A COVID-19 vaccine trial kicked off in San Diego on Tuesday. UC San Diego is partnering with a pharmaceutical company for the Phase 3 vaccine trial. That's the one that's being tested all around the world. UCSD's Dr. Susan Little is the principal investigator for the San Diego trial, and she spoke with KPBS Midday Edition. Little said that they will use a mobile vaccine clinic, otherwise known as a bus, to reach out to communities that have been hardest hit by COVID-19 which in San Diego are primarily communities of color in the South Bay and East counties. And those communities, I think, have the greatest opportunity to benefit um, from an effective vaccine. San Diego's Chicano Federation voiced concern about the study for, quote, using people of color for experimental medical treatments. UCSD says anyone taking part in the trial must give their informed consent to ensure that they understand all of the risks and benefits. COVID-19 shut down the film industry, but the city of San Diego's film office is open again, now with new pandemic guidelines. They also have some new tools for anyone who wants to make film here. KPBS's Beth Accomando reports. The film industry, which often requires people to work in close quarters, has faced challenges trying to restart during COVID-19. But in June, the San Diego Film Office reopened with new guidelines for shooting. And now, filming program manager Brandy Shimabukoro is excited to unveil a new interactive tool to make filming in San Diego easier. We're calling it the San Diego Filming Jurisdiction Map. 
It's free and open to the public to access, and we have it linked on sdfilm.org on our website. If a production has a list of locations, this map will ultimately point them in the direction so that they know, and they could just click on a link and it pops up the film permitting information or the contact information for whomever that agency is. Shima Bukoro hopes this map will assist productions of any size or budget as film work slowly increases in San Diego. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. A bill to phase out single-use plastics in California by 2030 failed to pass the state assembly in recent weeks. Assembly Bill 1080 was authored by San Diego Assemblymember Lorena Gonzalez. Meanwhile, the University of California has resolved to do it on their own, to phase out single-use plastics on their 10 campuses over the next decade. Veronica Michaels is UCSD's student organizer for the California Public Research Interest Group, the nonprofit that lobbied for the change. She spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Allison St. John about how plastic is hurting not just the environment, but humans as well. Here's that interview. Primarily, so much of this plastic ends up in our oceans where it injures and kills marine wildlife like whales and sea turtles. Um, We're finding plastic now in the very deepest part of our ocean in the Mariana Trench, but also in the remote parts of the Rocky Mountains where plastic fibers have been found in the soil coming down from rain in the sky. The most shocking study that I found that really has influenced my work is on average, um, on a weekly basis, we actually consume about a credit card's worth of plastic in microplastics. Um, So it's not just an environmental issue, but it's definitely something that humans should be very aware of as well. Now, before we talk about the University of California's pledge, I've got a question about the bills to reduce single-use plastics that failed in Sacramento. And, you know, if they'd passed, they would have made California a national leader in phasing out single-use plastics. But they did not pass, and this is the second year they failed to get enough support. But UC has resolved to take action on their 10 campuses here in California, and that's a start. What will phase out soonest and what will take longer? The fastest thing that they're going to be phasing out is plastic bags throughout all food service on campus. But then in addition to that, um, they are working to phase out single-use foodware utensils, forks, knives, straws, stirrers, and that'll be as soon as July of 2021. And then by July of 2022, they'll be phasing out plastic plates, cups, clamshell containers that are single-use, and really primarily opting to use reusable items instead, um, as well as some locally compostable alternatives. And then the other great thing is they'll be working to phase out single-use plastic beverage bottles by 2023. And the long-term goal is to phase out all non-essential single-use plastics on all 10 of the UC campuses by the year 2030, if not sooner, which is also something that several of the UC campuses have opted to do is actually to speed up that timeline. Have any of the campuses come up with uh, innovative alternatives yet that could be an example? Yes, um, that is actually one of the things that has been so exciting to see at the UCs is this innovation to move towards better systems. For example, UC Berkeley, they're using some excited alternatives, for example, using deposit systems for to-go cups and containers. So say you want to go pick up your morning cup of coffee at your favorite coffee shop. Instead of getting it in a paper cup that's lined with plastic and a plastic lid, you'll instead get a reason 
reusable to-go cup, which you can use. You can take it to go, take it to work. And later on in the day, you can drop it off at any of the other coffee shops in the city that are participating and they will clean it for you. They'll sanitize it for you. And then the next time you go pick up a cup of coffee, you can get another reusable container. So that's one great example. UC Riverside also has a great container deposit system where instead of getting your food in a plastic to-go container, you'll get it in a reusable container, which you can later on just drop off at a vending machine um, that'll wash it and sanitize it again. And so it's kind of a deposit system. And are UC researchers working on alternatives to plastic uh, that would make it easier perhaps for the legislature in future to vote against plastics. UC San Diego, actually our very own, is a great example of having some professors working on alternative materials. So they actually have a group going with Professor Burkhart Mayfield and Pomeroy working um, to use algae oil to develop alternative materials. For example, algae-based flip-flops, flip-flops that are usually made from byproducts of fossil fuel and plastics um, that contribute to a lot of pollution, and they're making it from algae that's biodegradable. That was Veronica Michaels, UCSD's student organizer for the California Public Research Interest Group, the nonprofit that lobbied for the change. Coming up on San Diego News Matters, some psychologists at the Department of Veterans Affairs say black veterans have higher rates of mental health issues, and that may be due to stress from racial discrimination and trauma. This idea, yeah, we're all green, and these type of slogans, they instill the notion that racial differences are not important in the military. That's up next after this break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Researchers with the Department of Veterans Affairs say black veterans have higher rates of mental health issues like PTSD compared with white veterans. They say that's because of stress from racial discrimination and trauma. Now they've started an effort to help black veterans recognize and deal with those challenges. Emily Elena Dugdale reports for the American Homefront Project. Army veteran Jared McBride served in the military for 22 years, rising to the rank of captain. In 2009, McBride, who's black, volunteered to become a commander for a unit headed to Afghanistan. But that didn't happen. My boss was white, and he gave it to another white guy. A white guy McBride said wasn't as qualified as he was. McBride said this and other bad experiences chewed away at him for years. One of my fellow officers was like, man, McBride, you are just, woo, <laughs> you have some anger issues, man. McBride eventually left the military and decided to seek mental health care at his local VA in St. Louis. He was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And as his treatment continued, he was offered the chance to take part in one of the VA's first programs that addresses how racism affects veterans' mental health. VA psychologists across the country had begun to recognize that as something that was too often ignored. Our book that kind of has all the diagnostic criteria, the DSM-5, it doesn't 
recognize racial trauma. That's Dr. Lamise Shawahin, who used to work at the VA in Chicago. And the book she's talking about, the DSM-5, that's what psychologists use to diagnose a patient. Experiencing racism was turning into like people being labeled with pathology when really they were just experiencing racism. Shawahin and other VA psychologists instead zeroed in on how racial discrimination contributes to things like post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and anxiety in people of color. Studies have shown that veterans of color have higher rates of mental health issues like PTSD than white veterans, even when controlling for where they were deployed and the pressures of returning from war. Shawahin says part of the problem is that the military pushes the concept of colorblindness, but that exacerbates race-based stress by emphasizing sameness. This idea, yeah, we're all green, and these type of slogans, they instill the notion that racial differences are not important in the military. Veterans of color also don't use the VA's mental health services as much as they could. And some stop seeking help altogether because they become dissatisfied with their care. Shawahin and other VA psychologists got a grant in 2018 to create the program to help veterans identify racism as the source of at least some of their anxiety. The model was group meetings for veterans of color. VA officials declined to be interviewed about the program or provide information about it. But several veterans talked to me about how the sessions worked. Army veteran Jared McBride joined one of the first small groups in St. Louis. He said the psychologist would start by writing a topic on a whiteboard. Let's just say police brutality. He would get into what does that look like to you and how did you feel about that? McBride said it was the first time anyone had ever talked to the veterans in his group about how the racism they endured every day affected their mental health. We got some guys to hold on to this thing for years. And so when you bring up different topics and different things, sometimes it gets emotional and explosive. In 2018, Army veteran Bernadette Spiller cautiously joined one of the groups in St. Louis after seeing a flyer in the VA hallway. I didn't want to go to therapy because I looked at it as like a sign of weakness. But she sat herself down at a group session. And after sitting in on a few meetings and listening to others speak, she realized that so many stressors in her life were being triggered by racism. It kind of gives you like an arsenal of being able to go in your little treasure chest and say, okay, well, I've heard that somebody experienced it this way. Veterans said the group gives them mechanisms for coping with racism so they feel safer when grappling with painful memories and experiences. This story was produced by Emily Elena Dugdale for the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. That's it for the podcast today. Thanks for listening. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.